three. going on ladies and gentlemen welcome back to another episode of the phases take podcast season two episode two is live my deepest and sincerest if that's a word most sincere apologies for not uploading last week hectic weekend uh i was down in kansas city i was seeing Terrence dorm because uh, she just moved into college, which is very exciting. Uh, hanging out with family. Just didn't really get a chance to record, so I do apologize for that. But we're back at it with a solid episode for this week. We're going to start off with Phasey's Fast Facts per usual then. We only got two segments this week, but they're two good ones. We're going to start off with uh, the NBA playoffs round two i'm gonna give you my predictions i got six out of eight correct in round one so look forward to those and then i'm gonna do a fantasy football team review last year i didn't have this podcast i couldn't do this but now i just drafted my fantasy team um a night or two ago i don't remember uh i guess it'll be tuesday uh, this past tuesday drafted my team feeling really good about it So I'll go ahead and give you guys a little rundown on what I'm working with this year. Very excited for it. Let's not waste any time talking about it. Without further ado, let's get right into the show. It's the start of another episode of the Phasey's Take Podcast, so you know what that means. It's time for Phasey's Fast Facts. Chargers safety Derwin James underwent successful surgery on Tuesday to repair his meniscus. He will miss the entire 2020 season, but should be ready for 2021. On Wednesday, Ron Rivera announced that Dwayne Haskins would be the week one starter for the Washington football team. Veteran Alex Smith and new acquisition Kyle Allen will sit behind Haskins at second and third strings, respectively. Chargers head coach Anthony Lynn made it official that Tyrod Taylor would get the week one start for them. Sixth overall pick Jacob Herbert of Oregon will sit behind him. PSG star Neymar has tested positive for COVID-19. The positive test was confirmed following a vacation to Ibiza. The NBA Rookie of the Year race came to a close on Thursday with John Morant finishing first. Morant received 99 out of 100 first place votes. The single vote he did not receive went to Zion Williamson. Jadavion Clowney will likely make his way on a team very soon. The Tennessee Titans and New Orleans Saints are both making pitches for the two-time All-Pro and won him on a field by Monday. The Patriots have officially released Mohamed Sanu. The pick they gave up to acquire him was traded to Baltimore and eventually used to draft J.K. Dobbins. Steve Nash is back in the NBA. On Thursday, he signed a four-year contract to officially become the new head coach of the Brooklyn Nets. And finally, Cam Newton was named the week one starter for New England as well as a team captain. Bill Belichick commented on Cam's work ethic last week saying, quote, no one works harder than Cam. Those are Fazy's Fast Facts. In the NBA playoffs, round one, done, over with. 
I believe we said goodbye to eight teams. But as sad as that may be, it's time for some more predictions. My round one predictions were decent. Like I said in the intro, we got six out of eight correct. But, you know, that's what happens when you pick upsets. When you pick a lot of upsets, you, you, you know, you run the risk of getting them wrong. Uh, I picked the Blazers to beat the Lakers after watching that series. I realized how dumb that was. I also picked the Mavericks to beat the Clippers. Uh, I'm not totally upset with myself for that. I think that was a decent pick. Uh, the Clippers just or the uh, Mavericks just ran into some bad luck. You know, KP was hurt uh, for most of the series. Luka can only carry him so far. And the rest of the guys were playing decent too. So, But I did not let that phase me. Okay, I never backed down from a challenge. And in round two, I picked three out of four upsets. Okay, first up, my only non-upset, I took the Lakers over the Rockets. I learned my lesson from round one. I will not bet against the Lakers anymore. My reasoning is actually quite simple for picking them over the Rockets and its size. The Rockets' average height uh, per player in their starting five is 6 feet and 4.6 inches. 6-4. Their center, P.J. Tucker, is six foot five. That is not good, considering that Anthony Davis is six foot ten. The Lakers' average height in their starting five is six feet eight point four inches. There is currently, I believe, there is only one Lakers player in the starting five that is. He's he's six foot five. It's um, Caldwell Pope is six foot five. Uh, everyone else is huge. LeBron is six nine. Danny Green, I believe, is six six. Uh, Anthony Davis six ten, and Javale McGee is seven foot. Anthony Davis is going to dominate. LeBron's going to dominate. I think Kyle Kuzma might even come in and dominate. In my opinion, that series is a wrap. The Rockets are not ready for this Lakers team. Next up, we have the Nuggets squaring off against the Clippers. I bet against the Clippers in round one. I'm going to bet against them again in round two. I think this is going to be another great series for Denver. In their first series, the difference maker was Jamal Murray easily. He averaged close to 32 points per game in the series. He had two 50-point games. I mean, he was an absolute powerhouse, no doubt. But I feel like the difference maker in this series is going to be Nikola Jokic. Jamal is going to meet his match with Kawhi. Kawhi is an elite defender. Multiple defensive player of the year awards. Fundamentally sound. Overall, great defender. He's going to give Jamal some problems. Jamal is not going to have that scoring ability that he had in the first series. But Jokic had that situation uh, in the series with Utah. He was going up against Rudy Gobert the entire time, a shot-blocking machine. Also with multiple Defensive Player of the Year awards, another solid defender. And Jokic had to battle him every night. Now, Nikola's going up against guys like Zubac, if that's even how you pronounce his last name, Zubac, Zubac, I think, and Montrez Harrell. Two centers that are far inferior to him. So I think that uh, Nikola Jokic is going to dominate the series. He's going to be the key to Denver advancing to the Eastern Conference, sorry, Western Conference final. And I think they got a solid chance. I think L.A. is going packing. I said it once, I'll say it again. 
Next up, before I say uh, my next pick, I would like to clarify, I made these picks on Tuesday night. My friend Sam was in here. I showed him my last changes on the picks. So don't try to tell me I was cheating. And I made these picks after my teams had already started dominating. In the next series, I took Miami over Milwaukee. Allow me to explain myself. Now that Miami, uh, as of right now, is currently up two games to none, it doesn't seem like a stupid pick. But a lot of people might have said that before the series started. Milwaukee relies solely on Giannis playing well. And in my opinion, Chris Middleton has been the best player on that team uh, over the entire playoffs. And they haven't had as great of success. I mean, they handled the Magic fairly easily, but the Magic were not that great. Chris Middleton has been the best player on that team. They haven't seen the same success they're used to. And Eric Bledsoe, having injury issues on top of that, does not help the situation at all. Giannis has been inconsistent. He gets in foul trouble. He gets in his head. And maybe uh, Richard Jefferson was right. Maybe he is a Pippen. Maybe he needs his Jordan, and maybe he'll find him in the offseason. But I think his offseason is going to start next week when they get sent home by Miami. Now, my explanation for Miami, they are getting better and better every game. Kendrick Nunn uh, is playing like the rookie of the year that he could have been. Obviously, we now know John Morant did win that award, uh, and he had 99 first-place votes. That was a no-brainer. We knew Ja was going to win. But Kendrick Nunn stood a solid chance. Duncan Robinson continues to shoot the lights out. That kid's story is amazing. Wasn't even really recruited out of high school. Went to a D3 college. Eventually gets uh, moved up and gets to play in Michigan. And is now one of the best shooters in the bubble. Bam Adebayo's man in the paint. He's playing very well. And Jimmy Butler is Jimmy Butler. Do I need to explain more? No. No, I don't. For this reason, I think Miami has the series on lock and is going to handle Milwaukee next week. Finishing it out with Boston and Toronto. Now, Boston is very, very good. So I picked them to win. You guys probably thought I was going to say, but Toronto this. No, but Toronto nothing. Boston is going to wipe the floor with them. Uh, They're a powerhouse, and they're most likely going to end up in the NBA Finals at this rate. As good as I just hyped up uh, Miami, Boston is something else. Tatum, Brown, Kemba, Smart, they're all playing at the top of their game. Uh, And when they're playing at the top of their game, not even the defending champs can cool them off. So Boston might actually sweep uh, Toronto. That is not far out. Uh, Let me actually, let me pause this. Let me check the score of the game right now. Okay, forget I ever talked about a sweep. Uh, Toronto managed to beat Boston tonight. I'm recording this Thursday night. I didn't get to watch the game. I was at a Bible study. So, wow. Um, Doesn't change my pick. Obviously, I still think Boston's going to win the series. But very close one. I think the score said it was 103 to 102. So, big ups to Toronto for at least getting one. Uh, Not getting swept. But I think Boston's definitely going to handle that series. With football starting up next week, I figured I would take some time to share with you all my fantasy team, who I have, why I picked them, uh, and how I'm looking for the 2020 season. I play fantasy every year. I have probably ever since I started high school. Uh, I really enjoy it. 
and I think my team this year is definitely solid. So let's not waste any time. Let's get right into it, starting with quarterback. For the fourth year in a row, I selected Drew Brees. Over the last four years, Drew has been nothing but reliable, and now adding Emmanuel Sanders to the mix, I assume it will just be another great season for the most under-recognized quarterback in the history of football. I said that. Give the man credit. He holds almost every record in the book. I don't know why Drew Brees never gets talked about with the greatest of all time, because he has earned his right to be in that conversation. Maybe he's not. But he at least deserves a seat at the table. Okay? Drew Brees at quarterback. Now at the RB1 running back one spot, we landed the fantasy GOAT. CMC, Christian McCaffrey. I drew the first pick this year. Picks get randomized. Uh, I didn't want the first pick because when you get the first pick, you then have to wait for everyone to pick twice until you get to pick again. Uh, which sucks because you watch a lot of good players fly off the board while you just get your one. Um, But we got Christian McCaffrey, who is an absolute fantasy god. Okay, When you break 1,000 rushing and receiving yards, you know you're going to get a lot of fantasy points. So I'm definitely very happy with Christian McCaffrey. Now at the running back two spot, I have Jonathan Taylor, the rookie for Indianapolis. Now, this one I think I'm actually going to try to trade away, which is kind of unfortunate because I did pick him. I didn't pick him really early, but I definitely should have used that pick better. I I messed up, didn't do much, much research. And as I was looking today, I learned that Indianapolis is going to do a two-back combo, uh, sort of like Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara when they were both in New Orleans. Uh, and sort of like Jake Allen and Jordan Bennington were with the Blues goalie situation, but that is no longer. Uh, But that is a rant for another day. We're sticking to football. Uh, Jonathan Taylor and Marlon Mack uh, are going to split carries. They're going to run them uh, as a combo. So not really thinking that for fantasy reasons, either of them is going to be great. So I am going to try to deal Jonathan Taylor off and maybe land something uh, to salvage it. But that brings us to our top wide receiver at WR1. We get another fantasy legend, Julio Jones. I took Julio with one of my back-to-back 20th and 21st picks after I had taken Christian McCaffrey. I believe I took him with the 21st pick. While Julio is definitely a fantasy legend, he is definitely going to have to fight for targets this year. Um, with Calvin Ridley already on the other side of the field, he's been performing great. Uh, now they just added Hayden Hurst, a very good tight end that's going to give uh, Matt Ryan another solid target. So Julio is definitely going to have to fight for targets, but I don't really think that it will hinder him that much. I also don't think that the addition of Todd Gurley is really going to change much for Julio because they'll most likely keep the same offensive scheme as they did with Devontae Freeman. They're not really that much different backs. As much as Devontae Freeman was a big guy that you would look and see as a power back, he was also very quick. Uh, I think him and Todd Gurley are relatively similar, so I don't think uh, that it's really going to affect Julio's fantasy um, potential that much. 
Uh, so Julio Jones, hopefully going to make some noise again this year. Now at wide receiver number two, we have Stephon Diggs. Anytime you take a player who's playing their first year with a new team, you run the risk of them being a bust because you never know if they're going to um, not fit with a scheme, uh, things are going to not work out, chemistry's not there, quarterback relations aren't there, coach relations aren't there. You never know. It's a risk. But I feel like Stefan is going to be a great fit in Buffalo. Josh Allen has the biggest arm in the NFL. He throws the ball deep, and he's very good at it. And Stefan Diggs is a phenomenal deep route runner, one of the best in the NFL. Um, you know, he's not like a Julian Edelman, like one of those slot guys that runs quick short routes. Stefan Diggs likes to go deep, and he is very good at it. And I think that. His combo with Josh Allen is going to be dangerous. So all signs point to a big year for Diggs and really a big year for Buffalo in general. I'm really looking forward to them taking the AFC East away from New England for the first time in a long time. And finally, my last big position, my second overall pick. At tight end, we have George Kittle. Now, before you crucify me, Travis Kelsey was not on the board when I got to pick. He was already in my queue. I was ready to take him with the second overall, uh, with my second overall pick. Um, I thought he might still be there, but he was not. So I went for Kittle, um, who is another solid tight end. I mean, he's actually ranked above Travis Kelsey, not in fantasy rankings, but as an overall tight end in the NFL. I don't agree with that. Um, but there's really not much explanation for why he's so good. I mean, big, strong, fast, catches almost everything thrown his way. Just an overall solid tight end. I'm excited uh, to have a good tight end because tight ends can make or break you. If you got a crappy tight end in fantasy uh, and you're not getting much production out of him, you're really going to get screwed week in and week out. So I'm glad that I got a good one this year. Now, I'll move into my bench. Uh, I didn't really write big. I mean, I, I used... Um, uh, for my flex, I used Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown from Baltimore, just because him and Lamar work very well together. Uh, my starting defense is the Miami Dolphins defense. This was my sleeper pick because they acquired uh, Shaq Lawson, Kyle Van Noy, Byron Jones, uh, all in the offseason. I think their defense is going to be a standout defense in the NFL, as much as people like to knock that whenever I said uh, that that was my sleeper pick. I do have very good faith in the Dolphins defense this year. Kicker Matt Prater, uh, pretty standard. I think I've picked him literally every year. Uh, my bench, uh, Cooper Cup is my first guy on my bench. I actually took him out of my starting lineup for week one uh, and replaced him with Stephon Diggs, uh, but I picked up Cooper Cup looking for some big production out of him this year. My backup tight end, I have Hunter Henry. So my two tight ends, Hunter Henry and George Kittle, both very good. Uh, next up on my bench, Tariq Cohen in Chicago is having to fight for a spot uh, with, I believe, David Montgomery. Uh, if that's his first name, not 100% sure on that. Uh, but Tariq Cohen, going to be a solid uh, backup choice uh, sitting on my bench. Next up on the bench, we got Marvin Jones Jr., a solid receiver in Detroit. Obviously not going to be the first look for old Matty Stafford because that's going to go to Kenny Galladay, but Marvin Jones, um, a solid wide receiver. I'm happy to have him on my bench. My backup quarterback for all you Missourians out there, uh, I have Drew Locke, an absolute legend in the state of Missouri and a legend for the Denver Broncos so far. Um, 
And then I picked up Demarcus Robinson off of waivers because I wanted to have a Chiefs player on my team uh, to give me an extra reason to root for him this season. So that's my fantasy team. Um, If anyone uh, thinks my team sucks, feel free to let me know. If you think my team is awesome, feel free to let me know that as well. I always love compliments. Uh, But that's what I'm working with. Hopefully, we can get a win. Uh, I have $5 on the line, so not very much, but could win up to 50 bucks, which is pretty dope. So I will keep you guys updated on my fantasy team as the season rolls out. That's all I got for you guys today. I really appreciate you guys stopping by and listening. If you did enjoy the show, make sure you follow me on my social medias and let me know. Those are all at Fazies Take. That's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all at Fazies Take. Go on there. Give me a follow. Give me a like. Um, let me know what you thought of the show. Let me know if you want to hear anything. Uh, and you could actually be the next listener shout out. You know, if I get people coming in and tell me what they think of the show, suggestions, whatever, I'll start having listener shout outs again. Uh, and we can get that rolling. So make sure you go follow me on there. So you don't miss anything. You get any updates that you might need for the show. But even if you don't follow me on there, I really appreciate you stopping by and giving me a listen this week. And I hope you come back next week for another phenomenal episode. This has been the Faces Take Podcast.